This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast. We think you'll learn something. Now, remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week. Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. The Teddy Boys had pushed the girls to the back and had gone to the front. Les Beatles, Les Beatles. Really? And Beth West. That's so cute. Mm, neat little piece of trivia. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show. Hi, everybody. My name is Joe. You are? I am Beth. Beth, are you ready for Snowmageddon 2014? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I am so... People are freaking out. Yes. I looked at the little seven-day forecast on my phone. I was like, what's that star-shaped thing on Tuesday? That's a piece of snow. Remember, none what? of them are exactly the same. What is that? <laughs> we don't know what that is here. Remember, we record this show on a Monday, and you'll hear it on a Thursday or a Sunday. So by the time you hear the Snowmageddon 2014 will be over, and my yeah. wife... Uh, who is from the South. I'm from the North. Right. It, it doesn't face you at right, all. Right. It's nothing. I, I'll even go drive in it. I'm fine. But, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going outside of that. Right. I'm not going anywhere. My wife is making a specific trip to Sam's today to buy, you know, supplies, you know, toilet paper. We can handle like hurricane preparation. But if any precipitation is going to freeze at all, no matter if right. it sticks or not, we freak out. Because she looked at me and she goes, is there anything you need to prepare for Snowmageddon 2014? I went, beer, beer, just yeah. beer. Beer. And I then you can just, life. if the electricity goes out, you just stick it outside. Right. It won't freeze because it's beer. No it's sweat. Fun. Beth. Yes. Do you remember the first two shows we did after the first of the year? The, the what you call them, the cocktail right, the party cocktail shows. Cocktail party shows, the anniversaries. Right. We did an entire, almost an hour on just 1964 because it was the year of the Beatles. Right. Well, the British invasion. The British but invasion, might but as definitely, well be yeah. The Beatles. We all right. think of the Beatles. Now, this show airs on a Thursday and a Sunday, so when I see something happening on those dates specifically, a Thursday or a Sunday, mm-hmm. I normally say, well, okay, that sort of Let's deserves, right, it deserves yeah. some precedence in the, uh, in the show. Not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, the okay. 9th of February, is the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the Beatles and their first appearance. They did three appearances. Mm-hmm. Their first appearance, that's the 72 million, 73 million, depending yeah. on who you talk to, uh, million people watching them on Ed Sullivan. Okay. Okay. So what I wanted to do that's was... That's big, 50 years. Oh, that's big. It's, it's I mean, very that's one big. of the big ones. Right. Uh, I think it's CBS is doing a, a huge retrospective, and they're re-showing the entire show. Oh, and cool. As well, they should. Yeah, you know, they it's still should. The I'd like to see it. I've never seen the whole show. Haven't I mean, you? No, I haven't. You can get it on YouTube if you want, but hang on and watch it with everybody else. And yeah, see that would the, be nice to see it on TV. Right, see what the numbers look mm-hmm. like. 
So what I decided to do was research and look at the British invasion. Now, most of this information is coming from a book called The British Invasion by Barry Miles. I have other books on the British invasion, but none of them are as complete or as in-depth as this book. It's a, it's a fantastically well-researched book, and it's written as a coffee table book. It's, oh, it's, it's oversized, nice But it has of plenty of really good information right. as well. Let me first start with the Beatles. We will play a Beatles song. How did the Beatles come to the attention of Ed Sullivan? And then we'll get into simply the entire run of the British invasion. Sullivan was passing through Heathrow Airport, which is in, of course, London. London right. Yes. And it was the only airport at the time. Gatwick is there right, now, but, but Heathrow then, was the monster yeah. at the time. He was passing through Heathrow Airport in 1963, and the Beatles were flying home from an airport out of Stockholm, where they had just opened up. It was a, a, a Stockholm, Sweden television show. Mm-hmm. They had just opened up for a local big band there called Little Babs. Little Babs. Little Babs. How's that Cute. for a That's little a piece nice of little trivia? trivia. Yeah. Well, when they arrived back at Heathrow, hundreds and thousands of little girls ah, screaming. And so Ed Sullivan was like, what's going on here? Right. Sullivan went, who are these guys? Whatever it is, I right. want them. He saw the second coming of Elvis Presley, who yeah. he had had on his yeah. show, and sight unseen, get them. Mm-hmm. Find their manager, who we learned later was Brian Epstein. Find them, get that guy. I want them on the show. So that's how the beginning of them on Ed Sullivan began. But why was there even a British invasion to begin with? Why did it happen? Blah, blah, blah. As we get started with this, I'd like to play a few songs, and I actually have the audio of the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. The three songs they sang on the February 9th get-together, when the 73 million Mm -hmm. people were there, All My Lovin', Till There Was You, and She Loves You, contrary to the belief that they sang I Want to Hold Your Hand. They did not. Right, no, not the first time. So here's a song we'll play. Ed Sullivan, All My Lovin', It's the Beatles, This Is What It Sounded Like, and we'll get into why there even was a British invasion for the next two shows right here on Rock School. And now, here he is, Ed Sullivan. You know, something very nice happened, and the Beatles got a great kick out of it. We just received a wire, they did, from Elvis Presley and Colonel Tom Parker, wishing them a tremendous success in our country. I think that was very, very nice. Now, this... Now, this... This particular season, we've had many exciting nights on the stage, thanks to our little Italian mouse, Topo Gigio. Thanks to Belgium singing nun, Sister Sereer, the Milton Berle, the Obratsov puppets, Van Heflin, the stars of Case of Libel, and last Sunday, the, of course, the never-to-be-forgotten teaming on our stage of Sammy Davis Jr. and Ella Fitzgerald. Now, tonight, the whole country is waiting to hear England's Beatles, and you're going to hear them, and they're tremendous ambassadors of goodwill after this commercial. Now, if you're a person that has to be shown, here's a really big group from all new arrow shades. Now, yesterday and today, our theater's been jammed with newspapermen and hundreds of photographers from all over the nation, and these veterans agree with me that the city never has witnessed the excitement stirred by these youngsters from Liverpool who call themselves the Beatles. Now, tonight, you're going to twice be entertained by them. Right now and again in the second half of our show, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Let's- Close your eyes. 
talking British Invasion for the next two shows right here on Rock School. And I have the other two songs from that 73 million viewed Ed Sullivan mm-hmm. show. We'll play those first right out of the gates. Okay. The British are coming. The British are coming. Okay. Why? Why right. did they come? And yeah, let's, I want to know why and why then. Let's go back. Why was there even a British invasion to begin with? Was no one making you know music here in the States? Well, of course they were. It is my opinion, and this is again called from the book The British Invasion by Barry Miles and a few other places, but in 1947... Well, we're going way back. Yeah, we're going way back. You have to sort of set it up as to why the United States even gave a care about British music at the time. Right, yeah. In 1947, the United States had the highest standard of living of any nation in the world, and because of the war... Right, other people were still reeling from... Yeah, they were in trouble they were, in they Europe. They had been bombed. You got it. And not just, you know, in Hawaii. Right. All over. There were over 100 military bases all over Britain, and soldiers were handing out American comic books, gum, oh, and Yeah, and so American, this is when American pop culture just was seeping you in. You got it. And furthermore, later on, Brit Television, the fledgling BBC, mm-hmm. was also flush with American television shows because they couldn't fill their airtime. So... America was all of a sudden the promised land to the people of Britain. Right, because they were getting all of our fiction. Exactly. The nice stories. It, it looked exactly like if we could just go there. It's yeah. what people's lives look like on Facebook. Yeah. You never post how terrible things right. are on no, Facebook. Right, no, you don't. So your entertainment, you know, not that you know, America was terrible at the time, but compared to Britain, which was still under rations right. and for years after the war right. and was just blown to kingdom come in some places. In 1954, a brand new form of music called rock and roll finally charts in the UK. Bill Haley and the Comets takes Shake, Rattle, and Roll to number four. Moreover, in order to entertain the troops that are still over there, Radio Luxembourg. Now, remember, this Mm -hmm. is AM radio at the time. Right. So if you couldn't get it during the day, at night, the AM signals would bounce off the ionosphere, and you could pick it up anywhere all over Europe. Right. Yeah, it travels really far. Radio Luxembourg was starting to run the Alan Freed show out of New York City. Mm -hmm. Thus, you were getting American R&B, because a lot of people look at the Rolling Stones, are like, well, where did they hear all this R&B? That was pretty much the beginning and so do you think prior to 1947 like the blues and weren't just weren't really it just wasn't there okay so it took until after the war until after the war for it to happen this now has it primed it is beginning here's another one from the beatles on ed sullivan this is till there was you live on the sullivan show and that's where we're leading up to two weeks from now on sunday feb 9th sounds like this till there was you On a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all till there was you. There were birds in the sky, but I never saw them winging. No, I never saw them at all till there was you. Coming out of the Beatles once again on Ed Sullivan talking British Invasion on Rock School. 
Now, you can see the music is making its way in. Right. Right. American yeah. music is coming. It's beginning to chart. The British youth are seeing rock and roll music. Now, they're seeing it in terms of the white rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. And yeah, also, they're getting Elvis. They're getting Elvis and such. In fact, Elvis is where we're going next. And they're seeing R&B through Radio Luxembourg, through mm-hmm. the, the Alan Freed show coming in. Okay, fine. Do you remember, I guess it was two shows ago, we talked about T-shirts and such. Right, yeah, merchandising. Wearing Mm -hmm. a T-shirt puts you as part of a group. Right. Okay. A brand new sort of long jacket clad youth movement started up around the music. People would wear a certain group of clothing. To identify themselves. Right. We are rockers. We Mm -hmm. are people that like this kind of stuff. And they called themselves Teddy Boys. I've seen this. You've seen pictures of Teddy Uh Boys? Yeah. Look it up on those of you in the audience. If you want to see what they look like, it, it almost looks like a modified zoot suit. Yeah, it does with the long the long coat, then, long um, hanging chains mm-hmm. and such. It, it's called Teddy Boys because it came out of a newspaper article. Somebody who wrote about them likened them to Edward and the shortened part of it, King Edward. King Edward, okay, right. Got and it. the shortened of Edward is Teddy. Right. Okay. I, I don't know where that comes from, but in in the UK, the shortened of Edward is well, Teddy. Yeah. Yeah, I that don't know. Yeah, I, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> what they would do is wear Edwin, you know, Edwinian style coats like the dandies mm-hmm. did, and Seville Row tailors jumped on it. Oh yeah! If people are going to buy it, let's sure. make it. You got it. Sharkskin jackets cut like zoot suits. And then when the Blackboard Jungle made its way into the UK, that was uh-huh. a, a a movie that many people believe had the first rock and roll soundtrack. And, and it, whenever you say first, you always yeah, have, you to, have to say me. Right, you got to wink, wink a little mm-hmm. bit at it. And so so when all of that showed up, the Teddy Boys began to make points of going over there. If you hear about the riots when... Uh, when Bill Haley and the Comets went over to the UK and mm-hmm. over through Germany, it was the Teddy Boys who rioted. The Beatles said they went uh, they went to concerts to play in uh, in France, yeah. and they expected that to be filled with girls, and it wasn't. It the, was boys. The Teddy Boys had pushed the girls to the back and had gone to the front. Les Beatles, Les Beatles, really, right? And it wasn't. It was. It was. That's them. so interesting. I've never right. seen that before. In 1956, the Teddy Boys became more interested in looking with slicked back hair. Why? Because Rock Around the Clock had hit the British Airways uh-huh. and Rock Around the Clock was by Bill Haley who yeah, had, slicked, had back slicked back hair. Yeah. And in 1956, it was followed by Elvis's Heartbreak Hotel. And it was all the rage. So you can see what's happening now. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in comes the music. And this is the song that drove them nuts. Two minutes and eight seconds of That's What I Want to Be. It's Elvis, it's Heartbreak Hotel on Rock School. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down. It's so lonely, baby, baby. Well, it's so lonely. Well, be so lonely, they could die. All right, coming out of Elvis Presley, as soon as we played him, we talked about, obviously, with Teddy Boys, but we talked about mods. Right. 
We're not there yet. Right. Not until the 60s. Right. Right. Mods followed the Who, Mm -hmm. obviously other groups too, but the Who were most closely associated with them. And you'll you'll also have another group called the Rockers, because when I talked about the uh, Teddy Boys rioting, some people would have gone, well, they rioted with the Mods. No, the Mods rioted with the the Rockers. And when you think Mods, you could also go look at the movie Quadrophenia. Mm -hmm. And, And we'll talk about the Mods, because the British invasion had a second wave, which was sort of the rock invasion. And that's the the who, and we'll talk about that in you know a later part right. of the shows. Yeah, and, and blardy, when, blardy, you, blardy. when you talk about them rioting, though, I kind of picture West Side Story. To be it, honest, it looked a lot like it, and they tore. I mean, they tore places apart. Oh, yes, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. It was serious business, and all I can think of is West Side Story. It amazes me too because they were rioting over. You know, rock around the clock and Bill Haley, and this was an overweight country crooner, and these kids are ripping seats up over this guy. What would Metallica have done to these kids? Oh, yeah, seriously. They would have just, their heads would have exploded. The thing that happened was a new form of music. A guy named Lonnie Donegan started bringing to the forefront a brand new form of music in Britain called Skiffle. It was a rock type of music, and I'm going to explain it more in the first break, but what does Skiffle sound like? Here's a piece from YouTube. It, I'm telling you that because the audio isn't super duper, but you'll recognize one of the people in it. It's young Jimmy Page. He must have been very young. Really young. Yes. Didn't look like him at all. It's from 1957 on a thing called the Hugh Weldon Show. Got me, but that's where it comes from. The song is either Mama Don't Want No Skiffle Playing Around Here or Mama Don't Want No Skiffle Anymore. It's it's called Mama by both. Skiffle Mama's in there. in there and Skiffle's in there. Here's what it sounds like, and in the first break, I'll explain what Skiffle actually is. Just know that one of the players is Jimmy Page. It sounds like this on Rock School. Well, Mama Don't drummers have the same look, don't they? They have this kind of preoccupied look. Why? Well, you had such a lot to do that you haven't got any time to smile. <laughs> now then, you're called what? J.G. Skiffle Group. And you come from? Epsom. What are your two names? Yours is? James Page and... David Haskell. There you go. I stuck with it at the end long yeah. enough for him to say his James names. Page. James Page, I will later be the guitarist for one of the biggest bands ever. <laughs> sure you will, son. I really will. Sure, 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 sure you will, son. Get something backstage. We've got a nice deli platter for you. All right. It's first break here. All right. What's Skiffle? What is Skiffle? First of all... Sounds pretty raw. It's neat, though, the, mm-hmm. the thought of oh, it. Oh, yeah, it is. The name comes from American blues music. Again, the, the kids were mm-hmm. into American blues music, much more than the kids in America actually were. It was a nickname for a rent party. I got to meet rent. I'm going to throw a party. It's five yeah. bucks at the door Pay when it's me, all over. Get some entertainment you and some beer it. and help me make rent. Nobody had any money. So there were guitars, banjos, mandolins hanging around, so you could mm-hmm. have one or two of those in the band, but the remainder was stuff, jugs, 
tea chest basses, cigar box fiddles, musical saws, comb and paper kazoos. I've heard the comb. Someone play the comb before. It's really interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah. pull, taunt, string bass fiddles. It just Anything stuff. that could make a noise. Exactly that. That you could rhythmically make a noise on. And this Lonnie Donegan guy turned it into something that was big. He was known as the king of skiffle and had a slew of hits, about 20 top 30 hits in the UK. And it became huge. The skiffle group that most people know about, if you don't know Lonnie Donegan, is probably the Quarrymen. I have heard of the Quarrymen, yes. Five-piece group started by one... Uh, I think his name was John Lennon. Right, John Lennon actually yes. started it, and it was joined later. The, one of the original five was not Paul McCartney. But shortly thereafter. Shortly yeah. thereafter, and then he brings in Harrison, mm-hmm. and the original drummer was not Ringo Starr, obviously. No, no, no. Now, later on, they would be turned into what was pretty much uh i don't know what you would call them they weren't quite teddy boys but they turned into leather jacket wearing guys who then took off to germany to cut their teeth and we talk about that in uh, another show and then obviously when they get uh, grabbed onto by epstein they turn into nehru jacket wearing guys Mm -hmm. who learn to bow in unison unison, at the end of the song but to begin with they were a skiffle band and at this point they, the Beatles, as they move forward, become more and more and more ready and primed. They become more and more popular in the UK and more and more ready and primed to come and get the United States. Now, to talk about how the Beatles become popular in the UK is not the point of the show. We want to talk about what's happening in the US yeah. because the British invasion. We're just going to have to accept the Beatles are going to become popular. Right. Why do they come to the U.S.? Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to go next. We're going to talk about what things were in the U.S. and why the U.S. was primed. So you see in the U.K. why United States music was grabbing hold. Right, of right. course. Yeah. We're going to go to the U.S. after we leave the break. So who's listening to us? KLSU in Baton Rouge. Thank you so much. Who else? And WBSD in Burlington, Wisconsin. Lovely. Make sure you get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show. Find us. Like us. You really like us. We're looking to top 500. We're getting close. And uh, goodness gracious, we'd love to have that. Back in a minute on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, let's talk America. Okay, the Beatles are primed to take the U.S. They've right. gone to Germany. They've done all of that. They are now, they've had hits in the U.K. Yeah, and okay. so I, I can totally understand why they'd come over here and just blow everybody away because they took things that people were kind of familiar with and then added a British accent, which everybody right. knows the ladies loved. Exactly. And ba-boom. Oh, the British invasion was driven by girls. Yeah. Because there's always that yes. question, if the Beatles weren't it, who then? It would have to be a group. It couldn't have been a woman group. It couldn't have been like Dusty think, Springfield. It, and although she was very, very early oh, in it. Oh, sure, yeah. But it couldn't have been her because guys wouldn't have driven it. It had mm-hmm. to be driven by women. Mm-hmm. And you can say the Stones, but we'll get into it. Why the Stones? The Beatles hit, boom. As soon as they hit, wham. Oh, yeah. The Beatles. Explosion. But that's not the way the Stones were. because you No, as, people, they, it could, took a while. They had to warm up uh-huh. to the Stones. Uh-huh. Okay. Beatles were primed to hit the United States. They needed us. We were their golden egg. Did we need them? Oh, yeah. Okay. By 1964, most of the wind had been taken out of America's sails. Yeah, like the Elvis, 
awesomeness has kind of gone. ebbed away. Yeah. Literally gone. And there's nothing in his wake. He like destroyed everything. Exactly. In 1950, all that music, all that rock and roll, it was not a protest music. It mm -hmm. was fun, dance, have a good time. I love you, you love me, yada, yada, yada. In the early 1960s, America was involved in Vietnam. Yes, the uh, people forget were that. Angry. People always think of like the early 70s, but, but we were there for a long time. You, yes, we were. Uh, the hippies were angry. Rock and roll was relegated behind the folk movement. Joan Baez, Peter Paul Mary were all singing about strife and conflict. Elvis was gone after he left uh, the army. He did one unbelievable comeback special. But then he set himself on the path of what Hollywood movies, right? Movies, and then eventually the Hawaii Vegas. You know, he was schlock. No yeah. young kid wanted that. Mm -hmm. The assassination of President Kennedy, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, only sunk us further as a nation yeah. into I can loss. See it's just like a funk, like a exactly all of that. So that's where the United States is. When you clicked on the radio, you didn't hear wah ba blue ba blah bamboo. Mm -hmm. You heard this on Rock School. How many roads must a man walk down Before you call him a man How many seas must the white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Before he can hear people cry Yes, and how many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. All right, Bob Dylan fans, don't get upset at me. I'm not saying Bob Dylan is bad. No, it's not bad. It's just that it's folk. Right. You have to take it in its entirety. Look what was happening in the United States, and then you come out, you turn on the radio to be happy, and you're pounded again right. by, you know, the answers blowing in the wind. It's gorgeous, but sometimes we want to dance. Right. Sometimes you want to be happy. Okay. When did the British invasion really begin? Uh, you have to take everything oh, with a grain yeah. of salt. That's, I mean, I, that's harder to pin down than Here, anything. Here's the earliest I could find. The first, according to the book, the first hole in the darkness, and that's the way the book put it. So okay, I'm using a quote. It. Right. Yeah. Appeared when on February 8th, 1963, a popular Chicago DJ by the name of Dick Biondi was given an advanced copy of Please Please Me, and spun it on his late night radio show. Okay. Now you can imagine in the middle of Bob Dylan the and, and the yeah. you got it. Yeah. This thing stuck out like a sore thumb and the phones went boom. Unless yeah, you, immediately. Right, unless just, you've worked in radio and seen a hit song explode, you have no concept what it's like. The kids adored it. When it exploded, Beyondy just went, oh, I gotta play this more and more. Sure. And he wanted to play it One mm -hmm. how can i do this how can i get more stuff on the air from the beatles he contacts the record company and says this is going nuts now this is chicago remember right yeah this is We're market number three yeah yeah right 
So the Beatles heard about this and saw this as a way to make an inroad into the right, United States. Right, start making States. little cracks in it. You got it. All right, who's number one? Well, the number one disc jockey in the United States at the time, if you take New York City as the number one Right, it's market, the big metrop, just like it, it is now. It's the biggest city, so you it's got kind it. of the center of everything. Who's number one? Well, the number one relationship they put together was with Murray the K. The number one station at the time was WINS Radio. Murray the K was the number one jock, so mm-hmm. number one, number one, that's it. George Harrison and Ringo Starr made themselves available, granted interviews, and fed Murray the K as much music as they could send him. And Murray the K began to become the lifeline, the rope between the Beatles and the United Picture States. Picture him like deciphering the Morse code across the Atlantic <laughs> and then just giving it to the American public. And what a lot of people don't don't get in the world of radio, they think, well, it doesn't happen this way much anymore, but they would think every radio station just programmed itself. Not yeah. true. Little radio stations watch bigger radio sure. stations. Oh, what are they doing? What what's what's working for them? Right. So when Murray the K jumped on this thing called the Beatles, mm-hmm. stations in Philadelphia jumped. And then stations in Harrisburg jumped, right. and then and Pittsburgh like, jumped, and then watch like it tributaries go. Tributaries of a river, just you got it, Woof. and it starts to spread like wildfire across the United States. The next thing you know, it's all over the place. And here's a neat little piece of trivia: mm-hmm. you know that famous, famous picture of the Beatles descending right, yeah. onto the tarmac two right, days landing. before? Mm-hmm. Right. Get a wider shot of that. Down at the bottom of the steps, mm-hmm. there's a man in a hat and a pair of sunglasses. Guess who that is? Is that their new manager? That's Murray the K. That's Murray the K? That's Murray the K. This is the song that supposedly broke them back in Chicago in 1963, February 8th. This is Please Please Me. Watch for it. Let me give you a little bit more support. Why the Beatles? Why is this thing happening? The Hunter Brinkley Reports airs this two-minute segment on the Beatles, November 18, 1963, and the CBS Morning News with Mike Wallace airs a story on the group on November 22, 1963. It's starting to explode. Right, Remember, things are not so happy in the United States, and the press is looking for something, how can I make people happy, right? Mm -hmm. Show me some happy news. All of this was supposed to happen. I don't know if you noticed the date, November 22nd, 63. Yes. Right. Yeah. We're looking for a few human interest stories to lighten the mood. You got it. Well, the the assassination puts back some of these stories. Right. Yeah. On December 10th, the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite finally reruns this CBS report, and the Beatlemania phenomenon in the United Kingdom starts to come to the forefront again. Mm -hmm. After seeing the report, a 15-year-old girl by the name of Marsha Albert in Silver Springs, Maryland, writes a letter to a disc jockey at radio station WWDC. I love that this is a 15-year-old right. I just love it. Love it. We have this for our 50 years. The number one station, Washington, D.C., uh-huh. and writes, why can't we have this music here in the United States? Bring them here. Bring them here. Yes. Right. On December 17th, Miss Albert introduces the song. They brought her into the radio station. Oh, did they? Brings her in, says, thanks for writing a letter. There's the microphone. Oh, how cute. She introduces the first playing of I Want to Hold Your Hand 
in the United States, live on the air. Bada bing. She could ride that for the rest of her life. <laughs> Just, w- that's w- something to be proud of. Oh, yeah. WWDC's phones light up. Uh-huh. Of Once course. Again, yeah. People absolutely love this. The record stores are flooded with people to buy this thing. There's only one problem. It's a radio advanced copy. They're, they're There's nowhere. nothing there. You they're, can't buy you it. You can't buy it. Yeah. On December 26th, Capitol Records prints like a half a million of these things and throws it out three weeks oh, I'm before sure it was schedule. Just gobbled up. It's it's ridiculous. In February, it goes number one on Billboard's Hot 100s. The Beatles get on a plane. They fly across the Atlantic BOAC and land February 7th. The invasion has begun. That's why there was an invasion in the U.S. We were primed. Yes, yes. It was the right moment. I'm sure right. that they would have been popular no matter what. But given the circumstances, you got just it. explosion. So there you go. There's the Beatles. They have exploded. Now, an invasion is not just one group. Well, no. They have to. They are just the, the scouting. Tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Right. The scouters. Who comes after? Well, somebody, well, the guy who wrote the book, Barry Miles, mm-hmm. has gone back and looked at the charts. And he has said, it was this person, then this person, then this person, kind then of a this list. person. Oh, and here it comes, and one right after the other. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where if somebody finally introduces you to a, a food you like, boom, 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 right, yeah, one right after You're the other. Yeah, we'll play one more Beatles, and then I'm going to show you. Here comes the invasion, and it wasn't just because you say Beatles were the British invasion. <laughs> no, 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 they were just the first shot. Yeah, they were the masthead. You of the got British it, invasion. Beth. Who's listening to us? KFOK in Sacramento, California. And Radio Universidad Salamanca, Spain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Back in a minute on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, I told you, Beth, that we would talk about the avalanche. Yes. That is the next part of the British invasion. Only a week after the Beatles enter the Hot 100 for the first time, mm-hmm. Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. Oh, that's a very good Irish it's, name it for just a good Irish, Catholic Irish girl, yeah. Right off the tongue, doesn't it? Yes. My guess is you know her by the name Dusty Springfield. Oh, yes, She comes in. She was part of a family group called the Springfield, uh, and what she did was break free mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to go out on my own. She gets into the Hot 100 with I Only Want to Be With You. It falls just short of the top 10, but follows with a, a slew of other hits after right, that. Yeah. The thing about Dusty Springfield is she was everything every female Brit was to Americans. The, yeah. She had the hair. She had the Savile Row clothes. Uh, right, she but was, you know what's crazy is like the song that everybody really knows from her is Son of a Preacher Man. And to me, that song, I I didn't know that she was British until I was like 25. <laughs> well, she she went to Muscle Shoals. Right, and yeah. And she tried to sound, she wanted that sound. Exactly. And I feel like she know. got it because I, I never guessed that she was British when I was little because yep. I never saw her. You bet. You don't have to say you love me. It's Dusty Springfield. You know, somebody had to be number two. Yeah. She went number two. I take number two. Yeah, yeah right. Behind <laughs> the Beatles shirt. Sure. Sounds like this on Rock School. When I say
Okay, over the next two years, mm-hmm. in terms of the British invasion, it is simply impossible to denote who was next, who was next, who was next, who was next. Because it was just a giant, right. just bloom of people. A juggernaut, if yeah. you will. So all I'm going to do is simply follow the format of the book. Mm-hmm. That's all I can do. Dave Clark 5. Yes. 18 appearances on Ed Sullivan, 15 top 20 hits. Actually, they were the first group to hit the States after the Beatles. Now, really? I know what you're going to say. Well, didn't you say Dusty Springfield? Springfield was the first to the, or second to the charts. charts. Right. Physically hit right. the stage. These yeah. guys, right. And you'll see the Beatles have that famous jumping photo. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Dave Clark Five have exactly the same thing. It was one of those, they looked like the Beatles. They dressed like the Beatles. The Yes. Right. We need more Beatles, more than the actual Beatles can produce. So we're just going to get people who are like them. That's exactly. When the song American Pie by Don McLean, the marching band refused to yield. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he's talking about. For a while there, Beatles, 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 Beatles. How can yeah, I make more Beatles stuff? Yeah, little clones of Beatles. That's what everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it as well later on, because this is a two-for show. But we'll get into it that America even said, we're getting killed. We, we have to make our own Beatles. Right, don't make their own Beatles. <laughs> and Paul Revere and the Raiders. Uh-huh. I know they dressed up like pirates, but they were Beatles clones. Right, That's yeah. all they were. Yeah. You know, how can we write songs that sound like Beatles? Mm-hmm. Exactly that. The best story that I found on these guys was they were on a DC-5, a rented plane, okay. and they were grounded. And they're all looking around at each other, you know, what, what's going on? You know, are we going to be deported? What's Because they're Brits. Yeah, you know, yeah. And they're thinking, they don't know what's happening. What's, what's, what's happening to them? A motorcade stops, okay. gets off, and the five of them are brought off the plane. So now they're scared to death. They have no idea what's going on. Right, what's going on? They get down there. And the motorcade has presidential seals what? on the side of it. You know, and they're like, what what are we doing? What's the thing? Would you please get in, please? We need to take you to Air Force One. What? What? Oh This is a real story. This is a real story. They take it and they drive uh-huh. the, the five band members to Air Force One. The story goes, and again, I, I'd love to know that it's perfectly true, but never let's, let... Let's pretend right, that it is. Never let the facts let's get pretend, in the way of a good yeah, story. It's a great story. Already. The story goes that Lyndon Johnson himself uh-huh. called the people in the tower, ground that plane, my daughter wants an autograph. I'm going to believe that story. I, will I don't too. care if it's true or not. Why I'm going to believe it because that's an amazing story. Dave Clark 5, glad all over on Rockstar. Okay, running out of time. Got to do one more little blip. Now, remember, next week we're doing the British Invasion again. Right, part two. Right. We'll get into the fashion. We'll get into the um, the second wave, which were mm-hmm. the rockers and such. And we'll talk about when the British Invasion ended, if it ever did. Right. Well, yeah, so. some people argue that there's been waves of it. A you got second, it. a third. Sure. Kind of and then the, the British, the heavy metal. Right, And the second yeah. wave of heavy metal mm-hmm. and blarty, blarty, blarm. So, May 8th. 1965, we are less than a year, actually a little more than a year, May because it's after February, a little more than a year after the original shot over the bow. The British Commonwealth came closer than it ever had or ever would to a clean sweep of the weekly Hot 100's top 10. They were nine of the top 10 songs. Wow. There's only one song 
that wasn't a top 10 that wasn't uh-huh. British. Okay. Number one, actually, we'll go from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Ten Number 10. It's, the suspense is better. Cast Your Fate to the Wind Sounds Orchestral. Brit. Okay. The last time, The Rolling Stones. Brit. I'm telling you now. Freddie and the Dreamers. Brit. Silhouettes. Herman's Hermits. Brit. I Know a Place. Pet Clark. Brit. I'll Never Find Another You. Brit. Game of Love. Wayne Fontaine on the mat and the Mine Benders. Us. Ticket to Ride. <laughs> Beatles. Brit. Count me in. Oh, pardon me. No, no, no. Wayne Fontaine and the Mindbenders is Brit. Ticket to Ride, Beatles. Uh, Brit. Count me in, Gary Lewis and the Playboys. That's us. That's us. Right. What number is that one? Two. Number two. Okay. Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. Herman's Hermits, Brit. Wow. Except for number two, they own them all. That same year, half of the 26 Billboard Hot 100 chart toppers Counting the Beatles, I feel fine. Carry over from '64 belonged to the Brit Acts. '26, they My owned yeah, the they year. It would continue all the way into 1966 and beyond. So, next year we continue with the British invasion. Let's play the number one tune, Mrs. Brown. You've got a lovely daughter with all the British pluck yeah, you put on. Very, very, very. Yeah. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. See you next week. Class is dismissed. Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. Girls as sharp as her are something red.